Hi, I'm David. And I'm Doug. And we are Beyond Hungry. Doug, what are we going to talk about today? Well, uh, we actually got a request from one of our listeners to talk about hot chocolate. Um, they were wondering what we thought about hot chocolate, how we approach that, do we drink it, you know, and, and all those things there, which is, uh, to be fair, I mean, this is the sort of season of hot chocolate. Uh, we've got a bunch of snow outside. It's super cold. So something cozy like hot chocolate seems, you know, warranted. Uh, David, what, what, is the, what is the answer from you? Hot chocolate, yes or no? Oh, I love hot chocolate, but it has to be good hot chocolate. Like I, I get the whole Swiss milk, like milk chocolate, um, like powder ones. But mm-hmm. once you, I grew up with like Abuelita and, you know, the dark chocolate from Mexico that's like flavored. It has like spices in there. Right. Or you can throw like cinnamon, mm. like a stick of cinnamon in there and you have to like use like whole milk and oh, nice. break it down. Wait, so uh, the, the abuelita, are those, I think I've seen them. They're like the, the kind of like discs of chocolate and they're like wrapped in paper. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen those at like Mexican groceries and I, I think I actually have picked up a couple and they're sort of like raw-ish chocolate, right? Well, it's not just like raw. Like they, there's, um, there's different kinds. Yeah. There's it's like Ibarra, Hernan and Taza. There's other more companies now. I think Ibarra is one of the main Mexican ones. Mm. I think I believe that's Nestle company but uh it has like it has sugar in it mm-hmm. you can see the sugar crystals and sometimes it has spices yeah and in different versions and it's just like the different um cacao from the different regions yeah i i definitely remember i think i think this year i bought one of those and i broke off a chunk because i was just curious and i just popped it in my mouth and crunched down and, and yeah yeah the sugar crystals are the, and i remember being like oh this is this is weird like what's with it and i was like you know this isn't bad actually like i kind of i kind of like it. it's got some texture to it uh i'm not saying mm-hmm. i'm gonna do that it does sort of feel like it's like destroying my teeth um which is probably why it's for hot chocolate <laughs> yeah it's i mean we use it in, in mole yeah, no, I, that's what I used it for, actually, is I ended up I, I found a recipe for like a very quick, simple mole, which I, you know, it was it was fine. <laughs> but, but it takes a while. So if, if our listeners, if you want to try it, you know, like boiling milk and I would I suggest breaking it up or using like a zester. Yeah. Like just to, you know, try to make it into a powder form because it's pretty thick. Wait, so it takes actually. A while. Walk, to melt us, it walk us through the process of making hot chocolate that way. Cause I've, I've never made hot chocolate using one of those, like, what do you call them? Discs or. Yeah. I'll say like a disc, like a, like a circular brick. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of, <laughs> lack of better terms. Yeah. How, how, how would you go about doing this? So like, what, what are the ingredients we've got here going on here? Uh, so you just need milk, like good, good quality, like, you know, just regular milk. You said whole um, milk. I that. like using whole milk or 2%. Yeah. Just because like, you want the thickness. Uh-huh. I like the thickness of you it. You want that fat there, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it just makes it that, that creamier. Uh, I guess you could do almond milk for those who want to do almond milk, but I would say oat milk, something that has a consistency of that like creaminess. Right. You want that mouthfeel. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a, my household is an oat milk household now. Um, I mean, we like almond milk, but we just hear it's terrible for the environment requires too much water. So oat milk it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I've gotten used to it and I like it. So, yeah, I'd probably try it with the, oat milk. And then the other thing is like there's there's this like Mexican stick called uh, Molinillo. It's it's very decorative. Um, it has like multiple layers of like loose wooden discs. Oh. And you essentially move it like through it to kind of like mix it, kind of like whisking it together. But it's oh, like, oh, okay. Because it's like thicker wood, it actually moves it a lot more than just whisking that. Oh, that's interesting. Using a whisk. So, okay. So you have your milk. Do you, do you heat the milk then? Yes. Okay. Do you, you just, you throw in the microwave? Do you have like a little like saucepan? That you oh, you put in? it on a, you put it in a saucepan, man. Put it in a saucepan. Okay. All right. Yes. Saucepan. That but think about then- like, the thing about also, um, if you use whole milk, sometimes it develops like that film on top yeah. and it's really good on toast. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. If you just like collect that. So I know in Mexico, like, uh, we get like fresh milk mm-hmm. and like fresh milk naturally has like that film on top. Right. Yeah, it's like a protein or something, isn't it? I think yes. that's what it is. I think they call it like nata in, uh, in, in, in Mexico and my parents like scoop it and like put it on toast. 
there we go. You, you've got your hot chocolate and you've got like a little snack to go with it. Okay, so you heat up your milk, you take the skin off, you throw that on toast, save that for later. And then you you kind of mentioned grating the chocolate, right? Yes, I recommend it or try to like break into smallest pieces, like taking just a chef knife to it. Uh-huh. And then you're just, you're just you grating that directly up. into the saucepan with the milk? Um, I'll let the milk like warm up a little bit before okay. I throw that in there just okay. to kind of get that melted. Are we like... Like milk simmering, milk, milk boiling, milk simmering, milk simmering. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to go out of control here. You don't want to, you don't want to burn your milk, burn your milk. That's, that's, that's the worst. Um, all right. And then you just like, you, you get the chocolate in there and melts in. Are you just like stirring it? You, you, you mentioned the, what did you call it? The stick, the, the molinillo. molinillo. Here, I'll show it to you so you can probably describe it from okay. your, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Get a JPEG sent to me. This is what it, looks like oh my god that is intense okay yeah so it 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 is it is made out of wood it's it's very decorative it's got these like it's definitely got like a it kind of reminds me of like a fancy butter churn but i imagine it's like smaller (laughs) yeah it's the smaller they have different sizes depending on like how how much you're making for people that's intense so yeah they're very decorative and it's also like a nice uh, my mom has one. Uh, I need to. I want to buy one, but I just gotta find the right one. You know what? It, like it reminds. It looks like an instrument. Like it looks like you could put your mouth to it, and then like, and like it looks like a like a like a fun woodwind kind of thing. Um, or a scepter. Actually, it also looks like a scepter. Like you could you could rule a a nation with it, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. That's awesome. I've I've never yeah. heard of that before, David. That's that's far it, more interesting than than my any revelation about hot chocolate that I could have. And the thing is, like some of them, um, a lot of uh, a lot of artists like just make them because it's you know it's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful tool. Yeah, it's kind of like a piece of artwork that you're using. Yeah, that, oh, wow, that that's crazy, man. So that's 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 your hot chocolate recipe. Well, that's how my mom makes it here. Uh, we're just more trying to like get, get things going. So I know, I know like probably in the next couple of days, we'll probably make a big batch of this. Try to throw some cinnamon in there. Okay. Some cinnamon. So you, you like to, you like to spice it up a little bit, add a couple of yeah. in there. Okay. Cinnamon, yeah. maybe some stuff. Are you throwing the whole cinnamon stick in there or are you like grating the cinnamon or do you just like powdered? You've got the ground. Um, I probably tried different things. I, I know you got, I'm going to use Mexican cinnamon because I was doing some research and the differences in cinnamon. Nice. Mexican cinnamon's sweeter and uh, healthier. Yeah. So they say. All right. There you go. Um, I mean, that is definitely one way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one way. Uh, The other. So right now what we're doing is just, you know, buying quality hot chocolate powder. Yeah. Like dark chocolate. Good. Those that come in like mason jars and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that is the but, one nice thing that I will say is like, I, cause I grew up on like the Swiss Miss packets, like the, the thin cardboard box and they'd have the little like paper packets inside. And then I, I remember I'd always ask my mom to buy the one with like the little mini marshmallows cause they just sounded fun. My memory of the, like the mini marshmallows are like kind of bad. I know some people love them, but I just remember them being like super dried out and like, yes, just like, husks of what they formerly were which is what <laughs> happens when you freeze dry stuff i mean it totally makes sense i remember always being like a little bit disappointed or if you didn't have them sit long enough then they would just be these like dry chalky sugary bits in your hot chocolate but um mm-hmm. i remember like i i think i remember following the directions like as a kid and like they because they they would because i believe there's like milk powder in it so they would say like oh you can just make it with water Yes. But then they yes. always have the recommendation like for like a richer taste, you can you can use milk or something like that. And so like sometimes we would do that. But uh, I just remember like definitely um, growing up on those and, and we would just like we would take water and we would just like pour it in a mug and like microwave the thing to get it up to mm-hmm. temperature and just throw those in and then grab a spoon and then just like try as hard as we could to get everything to incorporate correctly, which it like never did. And it was always like sludgy and there's always like powder floating up or you'd have these clumps. I don't know why yes. it was never good, but it's, but like, you know, it's, it's sugar. So as a kid, you're just like, you're still like inhaling it. But that was what I, I wish I grew like, up on. I wish they would um, put a direction to use a fork instead of a spoon. 
Oh yeah, that would make more sense because like that, that's a little whiskier. Cause like I use forks as whisks all the time. And yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I also think I remember using like the, um, cause like there would be the Swiss Miss packets. Every once in a while we'd have like the Hershey's cocoa, like that, that tin that you can like pop mm-hmm. the plastic off of and then you can like measure out scoops of that. And I do think I remember sometimes trying to make like hot cocoa by using like the Hershey's squeeze syrup. Um, how'd that go? Um, I think it was okay. Like, I think it's, it, I, th- I remember like loving chocolate milk as a kid, just a lot. So in general, so like even hot chocolate of itself, like was more of a treat, but I would be drinking lots of hot chocolate or just regular chocolate milk. So, which I always thought was nice with the Hershey syrup squeeze bottle, because like you could just like mix that to your desired level of like sweetness or chocolatiness, which, um, as a kid, you know, once again, you can kind of go overboard and then <laughs> it's like one third syrup, <laughs> like two thirds milk. And you're trying to mix this thing that will never fully incorporate. But I remember doing that a lot. I now, though, like I have to say, like, a hunt, I have never tried, like, actually making hot chocolate out of like chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> I've always used the mixes. <laughs> but like the thing that I found is like as a kid, what? I remember always being disappointed by how unchocolatey most of the the hot chocolate was in mm-hmm. that like you know i always wanted more which is why i would always like try to throw as much of it in there and like as an adult i i look at the directions on these packets now and i'm sure the packets are better now they have like dark chocolate flavors and everything and you know they've gotten better about it but like i'm looking at these packets and like hey these individual packets have so much like cocoa powder and so much like mass to them and then you look at the directions and they say like, this is like a four ounce pack. And they're like, oh, use this on four ounces of water. So it's like a one to one ratio. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, of course, all of my hot cocoa was garbage as a kid because I was putting too much water or my mom was putting too much water or even with that mm-hmm. much milk, like we were doing it like a one to 10 ratio or like a one, like you think about like one of those, like, oh, put like a, a packet in there and then you're filling that with eight ounces and they're recommending four you know, or sometimes like two, and it's ridiculous how much powder you're throwing to how much liquid you're putting in to get it to taste like decent. But like now it does taste better. I will admit, like now that I have the right ratio and I'm like reading directions, it makes a lot more sense. But it also just feels like really unhealthy or inefficient. Like it just feels like there's lots of filler in this powder that like, how is that, how is there not that much chocolate in here? It feels like I'm throwing in so much. So yeah, because the, the jars that we got, um, so my wife bought this like little, like this jar of hot cocoa is like a very nice one. And it's like two tablespoons for, I think eight to 12 ounces of milk. Yeah. And it's really rich and it's great. So I'm curious to know, like now that we're talking about this dog, like what are you like with, especially with the winter season and the holiday and, you know, we still have January and February. Yeah. We still have the cold months to, to embrace, like, are you going to experiment with some hot cocoa? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I will say I did buy like uh, another tin of like, and this one was like dark chocolate, and it's it's fine. But I will say like where I have been experimenting is I've started putting a little bit of salt in there, just because like it's that trick that just like if you're gonna eat something sweet, it's gonna be a little enhanced if you have a little bit of salt in there. And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a little bit of salt in there anyway, but just to like just brighten it up a little bit. Um, and I am sort of curious. I, I've had some interesting flavors. Uh, I was over at, um, I was ordering coffee from uh, one of the local um, coffee favorite shops uh, around in Des Moines called Horizon Line. And they had a sesame latte, which I thought was interesting because like I'd never thought about, but that flavor profile actually, I think like worked out really well with the coffee. And I'm kind of interested in seeing if I can incorporate like some sesame paste into my 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 hot chocolate to see if that like kind of rounds it out or give this nice earthiness that because it's so nutty in like a different way that and sesame has such a distinct flavor that you know that's definitely one thing that uh i think i'm i'm looking forward to trying on, on one of the colder nights as they come around yeah i'm definitely want to try like some like chamomile or like some orange Ooh, nice yeah are you are you a, little... a chocolate and orange person i love chocolate yeah. i am my teacher in high school called me Chocolate Boy because on a Euro trip, all I bought was chocolate. <laughs> okay, but but chocolate and oranges specifically, though. I think chocolate can incorporate anything. I'm the, I'm <laughs> okay. the guy who would I'm the guy who would dip anything in the chocolate fountain. 
Okay, that's how much you love chocolate. Is it will go? It will go with anything. I I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. But I'm also the weird person that would drink milk with like different kinds of meals. Like if I eat mac and cheese or something cheesy or something, I need like a glass yeah. of milk next to it. Was that was that your that was your go to drink growing up? Was like you always had a glass of milk with you? Well, because my mom had a daycare, you know. Um, oh, yeah. The requirements like each meal, like uh, the kids need to have a, a milk, you know, with it. So. All right. Perfect. So you want yeah. like, you know, she had a home daycare. So when I would eat with the kids over lunch, you know, as like a, a way to show them like, Hey, grownups, you know, big kids also eat milk, drink their milk when they mm-hmm. eat lunch. So I would drink, like I'll have a bowl of soup and drink milk. So I've, <laughs> I've got, I got used to that, you know, right. like, to me, like, well, cause like water. Yeah. No, I mean that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so for me, um, I didn't like milk that much growing up. I mean, I drank it with, I mean, with lots of things because school gives, always gives you milk and things. But I think once I got out of like high school uh, or middle school, I really would just drink orange juice with everything. That was my like go-to drink. I love orange juice. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm that's sure for many though. people sounds horrifying. Cause it's just like, Oh God, like, like that's 200, both for milk and orange juice. That's like 200 calories, every single glass that like, you're just like drinking down. And I, it feels so crazy to me now. Cause I would never do that now. And like, but like that's what that's what life was like back then. I'm just like, oh yeah, you're yeah. always drinking like 800 calories in liquids, <laughs> no matter what you do every single day. And oh, it's so weird to think about. Now juice is a treat for me. So yeah, yeah, I have to get like special orange juice. Now I can't get like the generic orange juice because it's too like acidic. Yeah. Oh yeah. But other thing like. With milk is like, you know, I was into the whole like protein shake thing and I can't do the protein, like protein powder with water. I just can't do it. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, What I do with when I do drink juice and this is something that like a friend kind of like taught me, which was like, and it's sort of like, like, like whiskey tasting, but like you take orange juice and if you just add a little bit of water, um, it, it's sort of like, it's less sweet. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, the way a lot of orange juice is, it's it's like a little bit too sweet. And so if you add water, it actually helps some of like the other like actual orange flavors come through. That's not just sugar. And so you taste more of like the the kind of peel and some of like the, the interesting other notes in there. And so I whenever I have orange juice, I try and put a little bit of water into it. And then it just like it feels more like an orange, honestly. So. I just get orange juice that's freshly squeezed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that that is always just amazing. <laughs> you yeah. can get that. Except when it's not in season. Right now, it's not in oh, season. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little sour. Yeah. Well, but going back to to uh, hot cocoa, what what's are you going to try to get like just a basic hot cocoa or are you just going to go straight into like experimenting with like salt and the sesame, the sesame uh, paste. I mean, I know what hot cocoa tastes like. I mean, I, I've been, I've, I've drunk it for years as a kid. And so like, I, I feel like I would really just want to. Do you though, Doug? You just talked about like making the 10 to one ratio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. To be fair, you may be right. Maybe I do need like a baseline. I need, I need a control. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you can make a great regular hot cocoa yeah. with some whipped cream and if you want to top that whipped cream with some powdered sugar. Also, are you a marshmallow guy? I am. I am not a marshmallow guy. Uh, well, like once again, like I grew up with those like crappy tiny mini marshmallows, which like were fun in concept, but I don't think we're actually very good. Um, I'm gonna get. I don't know. Please, please don't send a bunch of hate mail, or or do do send a bunch of hate mail if if I'm wrong about that. You think I'm wrong about this, and you love mini marshmallows, and you think they're the greatest. But um, even like the I big like marshmallow, marshmallows, I just feel like it's such a visual thing, which I totally get. Like it's it's nice to see like a big marshmallow like genitally dissolving in this bath of chocolate and it is like it's visually very nice but generally i think it should already be pretty sweet unless you you got the ratio wrong like i did um but i i would say i am really actually really interested in trying like the hot chocolate that you described with with getting the abuelita because i still i still have some left uh and i have some oat milk and like i i would honestly love to try it that way because the best hot chocolate that i ever had was from like this like chocolate restaurant that I, I i went to once for drinks and they had just a hot chocolate and it so like i think so much of my disappointment as a kid in hot chocolate and hot cocoa is from reading charlie and the chocolate factory 
Mm. In that, like, they talk about chocolate in such a, like, reverent way. And then they talk about these, like, you know, when they're inside the factory and, and, you know, there are these, like, rivers of molten chocolate that are, like, flowing through. And, like, that's what you want hot chocolate to be. You And I, I do think there is, like, a, you know, they, like, do grab a cup or I, it's been ages since I've read it. But as a kid, this was very vivid in my head. And there was this idea that, like, you could just melt down chocolate and you could drink it and, like, that's what hot cocoa should be. <laughs> and I think that like really ruined hot cocoa for me as a kid. But like, I remember going to this one restaurant when, um, after college that like they specialized in chocolate. And I remember you know, going there for drinks with some friends and they recommended the hot chocolate. And so I got one I hadn't had in ages. And, um, and that was like drinking molten chocolate. And mm. it was so good. And I desperately want to get back to that. <laughs> that was that was the hot chocolate that fulfilled my Charlie and the Chocolate Factory dreams. <laughs> there you go. You have a goal to have like a simple hot chocolate yeah. that meets that requirement. You know, but I, I bet there's more to it than I bet it's not as simple to like achieve that. You know, um, working with chocolate is tough. Like, I, I, I think it's not easy. I think it's I mean, if you look at anyone who tries to like temp- tempered chocolate or anything like that, it's like a it's a crazy, complicated process that requires a lot of skill and precision. It's like baking. I feel like chocolate work is. But I think tempting, I think tempting chocolate is, is a difficult process, but I think dealing with normal chocolate is just if you're going to make a hot cocoa, I think it's pretty easy. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what about let's let's get away from hot chocolate or, or hot cocoa. Wait, do you say hot chocolate or hot cocoa? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Yeah, I think I prefer hot chocolate. Yeah. But um, what other uh, holiday drinks are on your list, David? What else do you drink during the holidays? Oh, during the holidays. So your, or you sorry, just your your winter your winter you know drink game. What tell us about that? Oh, so usually during the fall, going into like winter, even still winter, I have a, a recipe that I found online for a honey spiced orange margarita. Ooh. It's really good. Essentially, you make a simple syrup with like using cinnamon, star anise, um, obviously sugar, water, and orange peels. Oh, nice. And it's just a nice warm margarita. It's served cold, but it just tastes very like uh, something that you can have over like a campfire with candles and mm. stuff in your living room. It's really delicious. Usually that, you know, whiskey becomes a really big deal around this time coming out. So usually some whiskey, some old fashions or like, and then occasionally uh, just a little eggnog, just, I'm not a big eggnog person. So I have like a glass and that's it for me for the, for the rest of the year. Wait, do you, do you buy the, this- like the, like the, the carton of eggnog or do you make the eggnog yourself? I buy it okay. just because and I don't buy a carton and try to find like those like single serving the, the ones. Tiny, okay. All right. Like that's how that's like enough. Like half of that. I'm good. Yeah. It's so rich. And honestly, like I've only ever bought it. Um, I did see, I was, I was at a holiday party once where I did see someone make eggnog, uh, which was really impressive. And I was just like, I didn't know you could just like make that. I mean, of course, like people make it, but like, I didn't realize like you could do that at home. Cause once again, like, I grew up on like carton eggnog and it was always just like, oh, we'll buy a quarter of it and then we'll never finish. <laughs> and then we'll throw it out because this is too rich for people to drink. Um, and it was always like non-alcoholic, whereas like this, it was, it, you know, they were making it with alcohol incorporated into it, um, which I thought was interesting. And it, it was really good. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe that's something I should try is make my own eggnog this year. And then the, the other drink that, that I remember is uh, for every Christmas – my brother's friend, uh, she's Puerto Rican, and as a gift, she would give, she would make everyone coquito. Co- what? And she would make it with like a strong coquito. Coquito? Coquito, yeah, it's like a coconut cream made with rum. And it's like, you can drink it warm oh. or cold, and it's just sweet and delicious. Coquito, why does that sound familiar? It sounds wonderful. It's, um... I know Eater had an event uh, recently for creating cocktails virtually, and that was one of the first ones that they that sounds really promoted. Good. So I'm not yeah, sure. I, I I think maybe I'll have to try that one. Oh, I remember now. I Coquito is in <laughs> sorry, it's in in the Heights. <laughs> uh, it's in one of the songs. <laughs> oh. Sing about Coquito. Um, that's where I can remember it from. 
And I remember like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm sure it's alcohol. Yeah. So it's like a Puerto Rican eggnog is essentially what I, so I just looked it up. They call it like a Puerto Rican eggnog yeah. or it stands for a little coconut, but man, like I don't know if people can make it, but when, when you get a, you know, when Puerto Ricans make it, like who's, who's grown up, like their families made it. Right. There's a huge difference in taste. I, I imagine. I mean, to be fair, like coconut, I think makes a lot of things better. Um, coconut milk at least makes a lot of things better. Um, so like that, that does sound really attractive. I'm sure they're, I'll have to look into that and see, maybe, maybe that'll be another, another goal for this season is, uh, making coquito or uh, making an attempt at it. Yeah. We'll see. It's one of, it's one of my favorites. It's really good. Yeah. And it's definitely like, it just makes you think of Christmas. Mm, nice. This part is the only time I have it. So, yeah. So whiskey, coquito, that uh, that wonderful spiced margarita you mentioned that that's what's on your your winter goals list for what to drink. Yeah, um, some Irish liqueur that comes out that we were trying, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just trying new things, just kind of keep it simple. Uh, I, we do like like the the stouts, you know. So I know you're really big into like the beer. So what's what's on your winter drink list? I mean. To say that I'm really into beer, like Shelby is really into beer, but I also like appreciate it. And so, but she's the one who like picks out most of the bottles and all like the barrel age stuff. And so like, yeah, I, I am looking forward to drinking some like darker stouts uh, and, and just darker beers or barley wines, um, a- anything like that, that feels nice and cozy. That's just like a little bit, you know, a little, little bit stronger, a little bit darker and deeper in there. So we have a couple bottles that are aging that we'll we'll probably open up this uh, this season just to get us through the winter months. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I know that I, I am. You you mentioned that margarita, which I I took a class where we ended up making like a simple syrup that was also like heavily involved, and we were using like more than just sugar. It was like we were taking sugar from like uh, dates. Uh, and other things and infusing it with a lot of like other mm. flavor. And that was actually really, really interesting. And I felt like brought so much flavor to it other than just using just a standard simple syrup. And I've done some simple syrup, like infusing it with ginger and a couple of things like that. And I think that's what I might do a little bit more of this winter is just play around with simple syrups, make a couple small batches and then try those out in drinks, put them with whiskey, put them with gin uh, and, and really try moving on from there. But that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. A couple good beers. Um, I would love to get more mead, honestly, because I, I do really okay. like mead. I think it's just hard to find in Iowa. Um, a lot of the stuff that we have here is is very, like, sweet and very syrupy. Mm. And, like, that can be good, but it's just... Uh, there's this trick that I think a lot of you know, beers now that I think pull, uh, or a lot of, just a lot of drinks that I think pull where you can take something like you have this idea of like what an orange is or what a a flavor of a certain kind of thing is. And, and oftentimes because it's drink, there's some sweetness like associated with that. So like an orange has sweet or uh, a cherry has sweet, uh, or even like a cheesecake has sweet. And I think what I've been finding interesting in a lot of drinks lately that that do it well is they're able to like translate those flavors, but take away the sugar so that you're still drinking a beer, but it's not super malty, super sweet. It still tastes like a beer, but you're getting these like cheesecake flavors that are there, which I think is like kind of an interesting experience. And so um, I think that's that's one, okay. you know, those kinds of drinks like really like kind of make my brain think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just like it, it's just like such an experience to be like oh this it's like a little bit of like a puzzle every time you take a drink as you try to like oh, what is that and you can you can taste these things mm-hmm. but out of the context of it being like the super sugary thing so those have been fun and i feel like there are meads that do that where you can you can taste the mead which is made of honey and you think it's going to be really really sweet but it can be light and crisp and bright and then you can taste these other like subtle flavors in there without it being sugary necessarily. Does that make sense? Right. right. So, yeah. Um, I've had a couple of meads that like that, that are like that and they just like, they kind of blow my mind. Uh, I'm still very much a novice at it, but um, yeah. 
So meads, and then Shelby has, you know, some of those, those beers. So, and then what other cocktails, like, you know, so you're seeing you can experiment with simple syrups. Yeah. Do you have any in mind, like what you're going to start with or yeah, take something so, um, more of the winter? Yeah. So I have like a ginger, a ginger simple syrup that I've made before that I really like where I just like pairing that with gin or vodka and then throwing in some cranberry juice. So then you have like the simple syrup, like kind of playing off like the, the tartness of the cranberry, but then you have that extra flavor of the ginger that adds a little like holiday flavor to it. Uh, so that's one that I like to play around with. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm not as much of a a cocktail mixer as you. And so I'm still like, kind of like finding my, I I will say this, like that class that I, that I took that had like that, that drink where I had to make that date simple syrup. um, It also had like a, it had a foam component, (laughs) which was like very Mm. different for me. Uh, And it wasn't egg whites. They used uh, aquafaba. They used like the chickpea water. And okay, I was yeah. actually really impressed with that. And, and I, I was able to get the foam out of it and do that. And, and I, it didn't taste like chickpeas. <laughs> it just tasted like <laughs> a great drink. And maybe that's something that I want to mess around with more. Now that I know it's like possible, now that I know that I can do it, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit interested in doing more. You know, I can make some hummus and then I can make like a aquafaba drink, you know, with some foam <laughs> on there. That'll be fun. I was just thinking about, so, um, Part of the recipe in that honey orange spiced simple syrup is also ginger. Nice. So that you brought that up. But also I was thinking, you know, talking about like chocolate and orange and things like, am I that like person? There is a Oaxacan old fashioned Mm. that uses like an Añejo, like tequila and some like Aztec chocolate bitters Mm. or even like mole bitters. And then you just top it off with like an orange peel. Wait, mole bitters? Yeah. There's there's mole bitters. There's bitters for everything, man. I've, bitters I've, is like. <laughs> so my recommendation for people always when it comes like you know making winter drinks, so they want to make all these cocktails, but like they're like I'm a budget, mm-hmm. or you don't know what bottles to get. I'm like if you get a if you're a whiskey drinker, um, it's easy to get like a basic bottle of whiskey that's like right. twenty six dollars, and just get bitters. You can get walnut bitters. Mm-hmm. Walnut bitters are good for fall and that winter, like extra spice, you know, orange going to zest it up and it's easy to make. You can have an old fashioned or a Manhattan if you want to go with like some little bit of sweet vermouth and you can have a range of flavors. Yeah. You can experiment with like, oh, orange walnut or Aztec chocolate bitters. Yeah. Great bitters. Cherry. I think I endorse that position. I, I like that a lot. I, I have to say that, like, you know, I don't necessarily buy the most expensive, like, liquor out there, but I have been toying around with more of, like, buying the higher end, like, vermouths, like, you know, uh, what is it? Like, the the, the, the the nice, like, sweet vermouth, red sweet I think it's, like, Carpano Antica or something like that. And that has made such a difference in my drinks. Yes, it does. going over and getting, like, the cheap sweet vermouth, which is just... I feel like it's just garbage on top of garbage, but I feel like that vermouth can turn like a, a mediocre whiskey into like a decent cocktail <laughs> into like a pretty good cocktail. Yeah. And, and yeah, it'll last it, you a while. It, yeah. And, and it does last a while. You have to refrigerate it, of course. So you got to have space in your fridge, but I I've been, I've been toying around with those sort of like uh those sidekicks a little bit more and how much they make, make the cocktail a, a lot, a lot better and how much they can really prop up a lot. So Yeah. Yeah, so I love making cocktails and uh, try to experiment some with this week. Nice. So, but yeah, it, like starting, like I understand, like starting a bar and like when people see like oh, all these ingredients and you make one cocktail and then you have like a bunch of bottles. Yeah. In your bar, and you're like, oh, I don't think I'll price, but like a good way to get started is just bitters and make like a good vermouth. Mm-hmm. And like all you need is like the dry and the sweet one. Yeah. And then you can make just a range of uh, flavors. Yeah, You know, I, I think one of the things that I need to do actually before I, I really start exploring cocktails in the kind of way that you're doing is I, I think I just need to get a new like shaker set. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just too much so, of a pain right now, the way that I'm doing it, it's too annoying and I need to get, how, how do you do it? So I, I have the one where I have, I forget what it's called, but it, like you have like the metal shaker glass and then you, there's a, there's a glass glass that you like top in there, which is like nice. I wanted to learn how to do it that way 
because I that's what I always saw bartenders using. But I just need to get like the lazier one where you have the metal glass and you just have a top in it. No, no, no. I like the uh, I got a metal glass. Uh, I got the the metal one that has like the topper yeah. and like it's the bad? little filter or whatever. I hate you hate it. it? Oh no! I thought it would be Here's easier the for me. You think it's easier, but if you're making more than one or for multiple people, uh-huh. sometimes because when it, when it gets so cold, the metal expands. Sometimes the the lid gets stuck. Oh, okay. And then you're just spending, and then like you know, it's it's slippery because it's wet and the condensation. So you're just spending like ten, fifteen minutes, five to ten minutes trying to freaking take the lid off to make another drink oh no so i ended up throwing away the top and just using the metal bottom and just using the like glass i have like bar glass that i can just use okay and just use multiple glasses for that all right you've convinced it's, me you've, you've you've turned my i i really thought maybe i forget i don't even know what the names of the styles are but okay i'll, I'll stick with what i've got i just thought it'd be easier like to shader. have the top like and not those, have to do the glass but yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you do everything in the glass, like essentially, you know, you put the ice, you mix, you put the drink ingredients in the glass and then you pour it to the metal thing and you start shaking it. All you need to do is get one of those strainers. I, ha- I have a strainer. It's just it's just like it's 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 tough to clean <laughs> and it's tough to rinse off because it's got so many nooks and crannies. And so does it not doesn't that come off like the little spring? Yeah, but then I, then I'm going to lose the spring. I don't want to deal with that. Okay, but you've convinced me. I'll stick with the rig that I've got. I'll just I'll just be better about it. Just... Here's a simple way: that metal container you put mix the drink in. Yeah. You wash that, put some soap and water, and you just take the thing apart and put it in there. Yeah. Shake it up like in there, and you're go- you're golden. There you go. I hope yeah, everyone it's... appreciates how technical this conversation has been, as we refer to it as like the spring, the metal thing, the metal cup, the other. <laughs> So sorry, sorry <laughs> any any bar professionals are probably cringing at this, and I I apologize. We're <laughs> we just we we do not have our our terminology down on this conversation, but hopefully everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, uh well I anyway, so we've talked about what we're gonna drink over over the winter. Um, David, obviously, we've got some 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 pretty big holidays coming up. Um, Christmas dinner. What are you do you do you do you have a plan? Do you know what you're putting down on the table? We had the idea of doing a taco bar. Um and for later episodes you might hear um we actually talked to the veggie thumper oh, and nice. she talked about the taco bar and then I didn't mention this to my wife that we talked about that, but she's like, How you know, we're not gonna be with family this year. Let's do something like Let's our own want, like right? how we do a taco bar. So then, but we don't know, like that's an option. Mm -hmm. That is an option. We're going to do tamales, which is every Christmas I have tamales. Like growing up, it's just like, I'm not sure if it's just the Mexican thing, but we always have tamales. So we're going to go get some tamales. We we made some two years ago. We made some last year for a charity event. And I think this year we're just going to order some (laughs) because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And honestly, once you make them, you make a ton of them. So then you have to like deliver them. So we're just gonna we're just gonna order some this year. Where are you ordering? See what else we're gonna have. We're gonna order them from La Michoacana grocery store in Valley Junction. Nice. They are great. Like I had one. He like so I'm really good friends with the owner. His name is Jesus. And he gave me one when I was waiting. Went to go buy some. And as soon as he gave me one, I bought probably like 30. Yeah. And I brought them home and we loved them. And they're probably one of the best ones that I've ever had. I love Outside that. I love like, that. Uh, do you like what? What kind of tamales are you, do you get for like? Is it just the regular? They're just the same tamales, or are there any like special holiday limited edition flavors? I don't know. Oh, there's so many. Like you have the you know you have the, the red ones, like the red pork ones mm-hmm. and sauce. You have the, the the green ones with pork or chicken. Then you have like the rajas, which is like the peppers sauteed with with cheese. Mm-hmm. And then you have the plantain ones, right? Like the I'm not sure if you ever seen. I've like, never seen like, like plantain ones. They're yeah, they're flat, a little bit flatter. They use a plant with plantain leaves. Oh. Um, and they have a little bit more that like raisins. They have like vegetables in there, carrots. They're like almost like a pot pie. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. So the tamales range. There's also sweet tamales, which um, are like dessert, you have like strawberry, pineapple ones, and then you have one that are just um, we call them cenisa. They look like you know how you fold a football like for paper to flick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you do the same thing, but it's just masa. It's like a flavor. You just like it's a really good masa, and then you use a, a strip of plantain leaves and you you um you fold it like a football, like a paper football, right. and you just eat that with sour cream and sauce. So those are sinisa tamales. So like there's a full range. Oh there's sweet corn. There's spicy sweet corn tamales. They're like just like. Uh, you take the masa and you have like bits of like sweet corn in there and you like blend that together and you have that with like a really like strong chili paste to make them a little bit spicy and sweet. Mm-hmm. And then that's just the tamale there. Nice. That sounds so good, man. I had no idea. Like, I mean, I, I know some about tamales. I've, I've made a couple of them. You made that recommendation to make the, the rajas, the tamales de rajas. And that was, that blew my mind. Uh, over the summer trying that. I was like, this was like, I, I was like very excited about my pork and chicken tamales. And you were like, oh, you should do this other thing. And I did it. I was like, that was the winner, hands down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's, it's just one of those that you don't expect it to be so good, but it's just, it's just, it's the perfect combination. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it just blows my mind how like the pepper and the cheese and it's just like the masa just, it, it becomes a very complex flavor, oh, yeah. even even over like the pork and the the chili sauce yeah. ones. And it doesn't make sense because I've eaten peppers and cheese a lot. <laughs> it doesn't, but <laughs> but you put it in a tamale, you have the masa there, and there's something magical that happens, and it's it's great. That that that's good to know. Um, all right, so that. How about you? Uh, what's your uh, Christmas dinner? I know you're you're a big, you're a big planner. I'm excited yeah, for yours. So if, I, like you, I'm still like weighing my options and considering so like i so like there are a couple theory like you know we did thanksgiving and that was more traditional i think we both talked about kind of how like over thanksgiving like we both kind of had maybe a little bit more of a safe (laughs) dinner than we (laughs) wanted to like but we just felt compelled to like i want to mix it up a little bit for for christmas and so like i want to I definitely have like a couple memories of uh, of eating Chinese food on on Christmas, and so I kind of want to go with that. And I know one of the things that I, I always really enjoyed that you can't it's hard to get this dish around here at the Chinese restaurants here, uh, so I, I would have to make it. But it, when I was out on the East Coast, you could get this thing called cold sesame noodles, um, and they were just like I think they're just like lo mein noodles in a um, I kind of know where they, I think I know where they come from. I think they're supposed to be somewhat akin to like dandan noodles or something similar to that, which are, mm-hmm. have like sesame paste. But on the East Coast, the restaurants, though, they do, they would do peanut butter. So it'd be peanut butter, soy sauce, noodles, and then they cover it in like shredded lettuce or cabbage and then scallions. And it would just be this sweet, sticky, earthy sauce. And it was cold, and, and then they throw sesame seeds on top, and it, it's weird. Oh. It's one of those dishes that like people get weirded out by cold noodles, but I like I loved it, and it's just it's so bad for you, <laughs> and it's such like. <laughs> um, but I, I I miss that a lot, and so I like I think I'd like to try uh, and make sesame noodles as kind of like another dish that I can have there, or maybe I'll, I'll just straight up make dandan noodles. Um, you can get sesame noodles at Gateway Market, actually. They do have that as one of their sides. Uh, one of their their like cold case, uh, which is nice. Um, so yeah, uh, other holiday things like I I I really like dumplings. We have a bunch of of dumplings that we made about a month ago that we still have plenty of. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I did see um, a recipe recently online that I want to try. Um, so like, if you go to like dim sum places, they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a lot of different kinds of dumplings and they have like these like rice rolls, which are like rice paper um, yeah. kind of like, or it's this like, it's like a blanket of, of like rice noodle almost. And then they have things studded in it and then they roll it all up. So I saw mm-hmm. a recipe for that. And like, I think like a couple of years ago, I would have never attempted anything like this, but I think I can do this. And I think I want to like try it and, and, and just attempt to try to make one of those rolls. Um, I just have to make my own like rice mixture, uh, rice flour mixture, and then steam it, and then like put the ingredients in there, and then steam it some more. And I'm I'm really interested in trying that. I believe in you, Doug. I believe in you. I mean, the things that you've been able to create lately. <laughs> for those who don't know, follow Doug on Instagram because it's like wow, yeah. like it's all just good recipes. You're busy good recipes that are out there, and good. I mean, I, and not, and not to say that it's just like the instructions, but like good context helps out a lot with that mm-hmm. as well. So. Um, but like the other, I'm excited for like the cold, cold noodles too. Yeah. And like, 
especially when it's cold outside, it's kind of unexpected. It's counterintuitive. I know, I know, I know. But yes. you know, there, will, there will be plenty of hot stuff as well. But like, I, I think the other mm-hmm. thing that I really want to do is um, I want to do more seafood. You know, because like you think about <clears throat> all these holiday meals, they're very like, you know, they're they're very like it, it's either a chicken or it's it's a, or it's pork or, or some sort of big massive roast. And I I'm curious about using more seafood for the holiday meals and just, you know, I have some like frozen crab legs. Uh, I have a bunch of salmon. I have some other kind of like fish. Uh, and I, I am sort of interested in, in taking a more seafood forward approach. Cause I think that's like a, is it an Italian thing or maybe it's like a Catholic thing, but there's like the, the feast of the seven fishes or something like that. This up. I, 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 I am interested in trying that out or, or maybe not necessarily doing that. But just, I like the idea of having a more seafood-forward holiday meal. Okay, so Feast of the, the Seven Fishes is December 24th. Uh, also known, it's, a, it's an Italian thing, also known as the Festa de Sette Pesce. Yeah, because oh, yeah, they have like bacalao, they have like the salted cod, which I is something that I've, I've tried working with before and failed at, but maybe I, maybe I need to give it a shot again. Um, you know, there's some like fun stuff there that like, is just going to be outside of like standard holiday meal comfort zone. Uh, like for me, um, that I'd be curious about trying out. So for our listeners, the feast of the seven fishes is part of the Italian American Christmas Eve celebration. Although it is not called that in Italy and is not a quote unquote feast in the sense of holiday rather than it's, but rather than a, a grand meal. This celebration commemorates the wait, the Vigilia de Natale, for the midnight birth of baby Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I I totally agree. Like I um, currently went to the grocery store and I got some smoked fish, like sable fish. Oh, nice! Sable fish is so good. It's so buttery. Fish, it's so good. So buttery and delicious. Uh, we got some salmon, um, some stuffed salmon and stuff like that. So it's like definitely we're trying to like. It feels just good to have that, yeah. that during the winter. Um, but there's just, yeah, there's just, I, I kind of agree with you just having more seafood. And now that I'm looking at this, I was like, oh man, just having a feast of seafood. Sounds it sounds good. really, it sounds not, really it, decadent, it, right? And refreshing yeah. and probably not as heavy, hopefully. Yeah. Kind of light. Yeah. I, I feel like I could, I feel like I could, I could just nibble on that all day long with like, a couple mm-hmm. bottles of wine to like tide me over and a couple cocktails and just just have a really really wonderful day <laughs> oh man you're on something Doug. <laughs> um but like i other than that like uh, my backup plan if 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 i find like i don't have enough time or don't want to go out there i'll probably just make momofuku's bosam I'll just make a giant roast pork <laughs> that's lacquered with a bunch of sugar. And, you know, that's always good. I've done it a couple times. I've done it wrong a couple times. It was still really good. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's just a dead simple recipe that is always really satisfying. And, um, but that's like, that's if I really feel like I need like a heavy meal, but. Yeah. I, was, I thought about doing like a prime rib, but it's like, they only sell them in like giant slabs exactly, yeah. and I'm like, that's too much for just two people. Yeah. So, so I might go the fish route now that you say that with, with the set of tamales. That's just, a, yeah. Are, are, are there seafood tamales? I'm, yeah, I'm sure okay. there is. All right. Yeah. I have to look this, look into it, but I'm, I think I've had, had it yeah. when I was a kid. I think it's just like, um, as far as making a lot of it, I can get pretty pricey if you're doing fish yeah. and just like the consistency, like how to watch it because fish can be very flaky. Mm-hmm. You want the, the, the mine is already a delicate thing. Mm-hmm. So, do you, um, but I think I've have had one. Nice. Do, do you, um, do you eat a lot of tinned seafood? Tinned seafood? I'm getting into yeah. it. Okay. So I've always like, I, I, that's been like a backbone of like my diet is like whenever I need a quick meal, I'll just grab like a can of sardines or, or something or a can of tuna or something like that. But there is like love can of tuna, a higher end of the tinned seafood out there. That's like, which is kind of expensive, but it's honestly quite good. And I, I might be, if I, if I go the seafood route, I might do some fresh, but I also might try and find some like nicer tinned. 
seafood. Um, just because like it's it's amazing how different the quality is when you buy the good stuff, and it it is really satisfying and it can be really just nice. So. So speaking of that, we came across this like brand called Fresh Air, small meals, big protein. Ooh. Essentially, it's like tinned tuna, mm. wild tuna, but they make like like little salads in there, right? In the tin, like you just eat it with some crackers. Nice. Came across one like they have like a Thai sriracha that has like peanuts, mm. sriracha in there. They have an Aztec one with like corn, sweet red peppers, chopped on red onions, and red beans. What is this called again? And it's just a uh, Fresh Air, F R E S H E with an apostrophe. Oh dang! I have not seen this. Before. That's awesome. It's it's funny yeah. that you see like other other like countries and they have they have their different variations on it because like so like um, tuna in Korea like Korean tuna like they have some regular tuna but they also have a lot of like flavored tuna and so like I think mm. it's the brand like Dongwon they have like a a sort of like gochujang or like chili paste tuna with and it has like potatoes in it and onions and like peas <laughs> and it's like it sounds weird but like you crack open one of those cans it's actually really good and it's really satisfying and yeah it's, it's also one of those weird things because like um uh actually for the holidays for like christmas like christmas is not in korea is like a very different thing it's it's a sort of a family holiday it's really more of like a couple's holiday and so but you get these like gift packs that you could like you know how we go to the mall and like there's that like there's that like uh hillshire farm or like they have or pepperage i can't remember but they have all those like those sausage company hickory hickory farm maybe that's what it is and they sell those like summer mm-hmm. sausages and then you get cheese and you have like nuts or something they do that in korea but instead of sausages and nuts and cheese and crackers it's like pre-made packages of like or, or pre-made like combo packages of tuna and spam <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't. Kind of sounds good though. I mean, which I love both of those things, but I remember going there and being like, "What? What is going? Like, why are? Why am I getting like a box of spam and a box of tuna? Uh, I mean, I'll eat it definitely, but like, I I just don't understand. And I I need to look into why they do that. But um, I I just remember that being one of the stranger things I encountered over the holidays when I was there. Oh, so uh, you're just making me think of all like all these things. Um... So in Mexico, they always to go there for for December. They have like an entire like celebration called like the posadas. So there's also this Mexican drink. Just maybe remember called ponche. 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 It's a punch. It, so you put like guava in there. You throw in like sugar cane. Like like you just cut a piece of sugar cane up in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just this delicious, different spice, warm punch. And then you just chew on the sugar cane. Oh, that's that, that's nice. Then you've got like a kind of a two part ritual to something that you're drinking. That's awesome. Yeah. So so I know in Mexico, like for for Christmas, quote unquote, they celebrate all the way till February. <laughs> that's, that's one way of celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, because you have the, the Three Kings Day, and the big thing that they uh, have is the, the Rosca de Reyes. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a giant pastry. It's like a circle. Mm. And there's a baby Jesus in there. Oh, nice. And essentially, when you cut it, whoever gets the baby Jesus has to host like the party that's like in February 2nd. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. There you go. So. I've never heard of that before. That yeah, sounds, but, I mean, celebrating for many months sounds... People don't. <laughs> Exhausting. We, we don't do that here in the states. We, we our our holidays are only supposed to last a single day, no more. <laughs> Except for Christmas, I feel like it's it's grown into like we're, I think mainly because like consumerism and like right. you know shopping, we're trying to enforce that people get shopping more yeah. more frequently. We need longer holidays. But, I'm all for it. But that was just a, a train of thought. Sorry about that. But going back to like the spam. So I never ate spam growing up mm-hmm. until. Got married and, you know, my wife's time making you know, a lot of Filipino mm-hmm. food involves spam, like kind of like the Hawaiian yeah. treat. And there is something like Christmassy about it. Yeah. Like I remember seeing like the special spam cans growing up with like bows oh, printed on them, right? yeah. Okay. Like the big spam cans, like with bows and you're like, this is like, it always intrigued me, but we never bought one. 
Got, got to get some spam for, I, yeah, you know, I might do that too. I, I would honestly love like to wake up Christmas morning and just like house a plate of like spam masubi. That, that does sound really satisfying. <laughs> well, I think they have like, you have like a slice of like grilled ham, right? With some eggs. It's kind of like we'll replace like a, a oh, slice yeah, of Oh yeah, no, ham. Maybe ham. great breakfast sandwiches. I'm sure some people who are listening are gagging right now, but like, you know, give it a chance. Assuming that you, you eat meat, like. It's not that it's, it's, it has its place. And I think that if you, if you make room for it, you will love it. <laughs> Anything for new year's that you're doing that I, that Any is traditions that you have had. I mean, um, <laughs> it's, it's so tough because, because of the way like things are dangerous. Things are, things are, are not great right now. The numbers are high for COVID and we want to be as safe as possible and, I mean, if 2021 is going to be the year, is going to be a better year, the year that we all hope it is, it's going to require that we all batten down the hatches and, and stay safe this year as much as possible. No, but I mean, is there anything that you're going to like have like hors d'oeuvres, like a drink, like a little meal, or just like, hey, I'm calling it a night at 930. It's just another day. The latter one sounds pretty, sounds, sounds <laughs> a very, very real. I mean, we have, we have. We'll probably pick up a, a decent bottle of, of, of champagne or Prosecco, probably. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll have some hors d'oeuvres, something nice and light like that. But um, I don't I don't know. I, I've never done New Year's dinner or, or any sort of New Year's meal has never been that big of a. I don't know why there's not much of a tradition around that in the States. Or maybe there is, but I, I've never been aware of of like a generically American New Year's dinner tradition. Just like you right. go out to a restaurant, maybe you go out to whatever you feel mm-hmm. like, which, which I think is fine. Like, I think it's okay to have some flex holidays like that, where you're not burdened by all these things that you have to do. But what about you? This year, obviously we're going to be, we at home, we might call in early night, yeah. but part of me is always like, I, I like to stay up. So, so midnight, but we do have like the traditional, like the 12 grapes, the 12 grapes? Oh, you Spanish. did the 12? Okay, yeah, the for 12 good grapes. luck. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Yes. Nice. And obviously, like, the more clothing thing. But, like, for me, it's, like, maybe, like, a cheese meat and cheese board. Just kind of make it a little, little fancy, you know? Yeah. Okay. Finish the year off. You know, New Year's, I will say, does have a sense of... I will say maybe the tradition is that, like, it's a little bit classier, maybe. But... Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess there's that. Wait, can you explain the 12 grapes thing? I've heard of it, but like, do you, I've never done it. Like, do you just eat 12 grapes or is there a way to do it? Yeah, you, so essentially is for each grape, you have to make like a wish or like a goal. Oh, so those 12 grapes represent each month. Okay, this is very mindful then. I just thought it was just jamming 12 yeah, it's grapes very mindful. Mouth and like, I'm done. Yeah, uh, you have to like, <laughs> each grape represents something. Is it one, is it one month? Huh? Is, is, is it yeah. is, is it like good luck for every month of next year? Yeah, but it's like each one's like a goal, right? Yeah. So if you're like, hey, one of my goals is to be uh, financially like responsible. Right. All right. Like that's like you're trying to like, so you're trying to essentially cre- create goals for you for the next year. All right. Or blessings for the next that's year. Not, that's like, honestly like really, I, I feel like that intersects with a lot of really like good like life advice <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good like yeah you should think about your goals i like i i sometimes i see those good luck traditions like for for new year's or anything like that and it seems completely arbitrary and yeah it maybe it is a little bit arbitrary but like this at least you're putting thought in, like i need to know what i want for each of these grapes that mm-hmm. that i feel like is that's healthy everyone should do that but the, when I was like with family or with people and we like explain this, when it happens, they're like, oh, I can do this. But when it happens, like midnight happens, you have your 12 grapes. A lot of people start freaking out because they're like, oh, my God, I don't I don't have that many goals. Like, And then <laughs> you realize like, oh, like start jamming them at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess they don't have to be 12 different goals, do they? Um. I don't think so, but it's, it helps you just be more mindful of like what you want. Right. No, I, I, no, I, I, I like that very much. Maybe, maybe I will, maybe I will incorporate that. I, I feel like that, that is something good. Um, something fun, something a little, little different than New Year's resolutions, you know, there's one that, uh, that my wife, uh, Megan's aunts told her 
And it's to have 12 different fruits that are round. 12 different fruits that are round. And that will give you good luck next year. Yes. Okay. It also helps to having like fresh fruit in the house. So like, you know, New Year's happens and you're like, oh, I'm trying to be healthy. Just like round in general now. or they like spherical, like oranges count. I think spherical. Like pineapple, no. No, yes. Bananas, no. Like okay. bananas, no. And then when you live in Iowa where there's a cold climate, you'll find that like not many grocery stores have options for round no, fruit. They you're no, like, they really don't. So then you're like, I'm going to have three different kind of apples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so apples count. Okay. All right. Apples count. Or try to figure it out. Like I was like, like the graph, like you start questioning the apples count. So uh, we're like, gonna get red grapes. We're gonna get <laughs> green grapes. You get grapes. You get you get. I know, like right away, you get a kiwi. I will I have a like, blueberry. Like, I will have a raspberry. <laughs> you get you know you get honeydew, even though you don't like oh, honeydew. Yeah. And you're like ah, oh. yeah. I like you know cantaloupes. All right. So it's yeah. I mean it's fun, but. Uh, a lot of superstitious, I feel like. A lot, a lot of superstitious stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that stuff's fun. You know, we can, we, we can make that work. It's, it's okay. Thank you to uh, Bo Brenton for our music. You can find him on social at B-E-A-U-B-R-E-N-T-O-N. Um, and on Spotify, he does have a new instrumental out, so check him out. Nice. And you can also find us at we are beyond hungry on instagram and facebook where you can dm us any questions or comments you can also reach us at we are beyond hungry at gmail.com and like earlier you know a listener gave us a topic to discuss and feel free to give us any topic or if anything you want us to research so that we can discuss on the show yeah uh please uh if you can if you find it in your hearts please give us five stars on apple Podcasts or however you rate podcasts subscribe or whatever And as always, thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you have a good holidays and uh, we'll hopefully see you in the next year. Thank you. 